Welcome back to the podcast. This is Depression, a Dark and Lonely Place. We hope this is valuable to you, and we hope you are using some of our other resources on parkhillschurch.com. Depression, a dark and lonely place. This is Mark Balmer and Pete McLanathan, and this is our uh, fifth session. And today we've been talking about a lot of things, or so far we've been talking about a lot of things, and today we want to focus a little bit, go a little bit different direction. But first we just want to just take you through a little bit of what we've covered so far. Thanks, Mark. Um, This has been a good journey. It's been helpful to me. Um, I hope as people hear it, it might be helpful to them. Um, I would invite anybody who wishes to contact me, and um, I'd be happy to talk over the phone or get together, uh, because what we're doing here is painting a picture of what depression is. As we pointed out way in the beginning, the first episode, we realize that depression is widely misunderstood. And as a result of that, many myths arise which not only cause more, more, more distress in the depressed person, but may actually take them away from feeling comfortable with getting help. And as we talked about all of those, we um, spent some time talking about the role of other people, um, how it's important how you approach and deal with a depressive friend or loved one. Um, It's important that we not be judgmental, that we not weaponize Scripture. Um, It's important that we listen Mm -hmm. um, and not have any agenda. Um, We also then talked a lot about um, what can be done in terms of beginning to climb out of that terrible pit. Uh, We spent, oh, a, a good good uh, 25 minutes yes, last time on um, the three areas, one being the um, professional level, which includes medical, it includes counseling, it can include pastors also, um, but the importance of that and the freedom to take those steps. Mm-hmm. Um, then we talked a lot about self-care, expectations of ourselves, expectations of others, um, Go easy on yourself. Uh, don't take yourself too seriously. Realize that you're not a you're not a victim, and at the same time, you're not being punished. Um, because there's a very easy way to feel that we're defeated if we take help from other people. Um, that's just not true. Uh, let your primary physician direct you into which places can help you as you go down the road. Um, We closed last time with part of Psalm 56, and that's a good transition because we said all along from the very beginning of this time together, and we'll continue to say it, and that is we are not medical professionals. We're not counseling professionals. Uh, We're here to minister together with those in the body of Christ who have 
needs in this area. And our goal has been, first of all, to validate the whole need, to validate the condition, and to give permission to understand that it's a brain issue, it's not a moral issue, and therefore it can be treated. Um, we've talked about some of the ways and the complexities of treatment. Um, it's, for some people, it can take a long time. I think I might be in that category. They call them treatment-resistant. But uh, the point is, that does not mean there's no hope. Right. Because hope itself, in the things of the world, is not going to solve our eternal need and our eternal need is for hope in the one who knows us the one who created us and the one who has a future for us i love the uh, emphasis on scripture and and today we'll point out some scriptures that i i think speak well to this and and uh you've identified uh Second Corinthians five seventeen, and I'm sure there are many that would just quote that right away in hearing that. But it's such a significant verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. As I was preparing for this, um, there are hundreds and hundreds of scriptures out there which would be helpful and can be and will be if you choose to. Um, study them um, and they all have different slightly different focuses on um, the situation that was behind the scripture or the feelings that are composed in the scripture and all of them come together with a beautiful understanding that we have a shepherd in the Lord Jesus Christ we have hope that we're not in this alone and we're not in this forever. Again, the caution that I want to put out there, and it applies to 2 Corinthians 5 also, and that caution is that we not use the scriptures in a naive or a superficial or even a punishing way. Uh, I remember times in the past um, during my depressive journeys where people who legitimately cared about me would take a scripture such as 2 Corinthians 5 and, and remind me of it uh, as if I hadn't already thought about it and believe that if I just believed that um, strongly enough, and just applied it to my life, my situation would go away. Um, that takes us back to the misunderstandings of depression, because, as we've pointed out, it's it's a a brain issue. It's a, a chemical issue in the brain, and if we understand that, then we can look at it just as any physical issue that we might have in our body or whatever and what we're told is that in second corinthians 5 we get beyond the idea of punitive use of scripture and we get to the place where 
we can pull out the hope. So when you approach something like 2 Corinthians 5.17 and you're seeing that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, there's a possibility that you've heard that so much that you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I've heard that and yet the pain has not gone away. If I'm a new creation, why am I hurting? What have I done wrong? Have I failed to pray enough about being a new creation? Have I failed to um, accept my new creation? Uh, All of those things are part of our human failure to truly understand what Christ means to us and what we mean to him. And you know that I'm not trying to lay another level of guilt on us here. I'm trying to say that that is the purpose of our lives as Christians. So we can go beyond what we might have heard or believed that here's a scripture that didn't really help me because I'm still hurting. And we can say, yeah, but, but I am a new creation. Now, what does that mean to be a new creation? Well, the, um, the New Testament is full of the promises that the Lord has. Things like, I will never leave you or forsake you, or um, come to me, you, are, you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The point we need to understand is None of those things are promises that we're not going to suffer. None of those things is telling us that if we're suffering, we're out of touch with God's will. What they're telling us is that we have a place in God's heart and in God's view. We have a shepherd who is with us all the time, and we can rely on that now. Where does that put us? Well, I'll only tell you from my own point of view. As I start to see that, then I can move from there to the attributes of God, to his His kindness, his goodness, his compassion. Um, I can go to like a Psalm 103 and say, um, see the whole, there's a long list of, things that the psalmist is saying about the Lord, and they're all good and they're all comforting. Um, As I start to bathe myself in that and rest in that, I begin to think maybe my understanding of life is very limited. Maybe my understanding of life has has been tilted in a direction based on my past experiences, based on expectations in my whole life. Um, whether they're of myself or others, uh, bad experiences, failures, for sure, sinful failures, definitely. But I can say, all right, put that just to the side for a minute. And what does the Scripture say you are? Mm-hmm. A new creation. Well, where does that take me? That takes me into understanding the Lord further. And some of the other scriptures that we're going to put out here before you and many, many others then tell us what to do with that place, what to understand 
from that place of being a new creation. That's great. New creations and citizens of a new kingdom. There's hope there, isn't there? Uh, let's go back to Psalm 56. We ended our last episode with the, the first four verses of that. But if we go a little further, um, it, it ends with that same phrase, what can man do it to me? But l- let's look at verses 8 through 11. You've kept count of my tossings. You put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. And he says it again. What can man do to me? It's beautiful to look at that. Um, again, it's also easy to overlook a lot of that because it can very easily be put in the category of, well, these are good promises, and uh, I really would like to be able to understand what they mean for me because I'm in a really tough place, and those promises have not yet touched me. But then we look at that phrase about tossings. This is David when he's under great distress and tears Mark, you want to read that verse 8 again? Yeah, I'd be glad to. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Wow. That, to me, expands my whole view of God. Hmm. Because I think very easily, you know, we grow up in in a culture that's a pagan culture. We grow up among imperfect Christians, imperfect churches, and we imperfect parents, imperfect teachers. And we develop an attitude that I think can best be described as, as this, that God has saved me in Christ, but I have to work the rest of my life to please him. And if I do the right things, and if I say the right things and believe strong enough, then the Lord will be with me. But take a look at what we're told here in Psalm 8, or verse 8 of Psalm 56. We're told that God not only notices our bad times, our tough times, our hurting times, our fearful times, our struggles, but he takes count of them. Now, I don't know what that bottle looks like in the heavenly realms, but I do know that in some way the Lord has taken count and has kept track of the tears, the fears, the struggles, the failures of my life, And he still remains my shepherd, my God. And because of that, I don't know how those are going to be dealt with in eternity. I do know that my sins have already been dealt with, and I have no eternal problem with punishment in that regard. As for my tears, this has opened up my view greatly of what God is. I don't have to I don't have to earn his favor. 
I don't have to earn his um, help. I don't have to earn his peace. It was a very good book written, oh, 25 years ago. And again, this is just one of many, many, many. But this one spoke to me. Um, it was by Jerry Bridges. It was called Transforming Grace. And the thesis was, the whole first chapter was, we as Christians, as modern-day Christians, um, we, we come to understand grace. We understand that grace and salvation is offered to us through Christ, and we may have some kind of a scope in our mind of what that means. But it's so remarkable that we can't easily apply it to our own lives because we know our failures. We know how dirty we can feel about our lives or how incomplete or the failures that we've had in following the Lord even. And it's easy in our minds then to think that, uh, well, Lord, you must be done with me. Um, the message of that book and the message of the gospel is, no, once we make that connection, I'm there for the long haul. I'm there forever. And I'm there for your tears, and I'm there for your pain. What a thought that, that our tears are not missed by God. Yeah. <laughs> that, that picture that he even gathers them. Well, let's move now to Micah, Micah 7, verse 7. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgments or judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Micah, as we know, is an Old Testament prophet who was speaking and writing, like most of the prophets, during a very difficult time for the people of Israel or Judah. And it was in large part as a result of their own failure to understand who the Lord was and what it meant to follow him. And so they sought other ways of satisfying their lives and got into idolatry and um, sin, which eventually um, caused the Lord to look unfavorably toward the nation. If you um, look at Micah chapter 7, um, the first few verses talk in a really stark way about the culture that Micah was living in. And it's not a pretty place. Um, and it's not one that would give any hope to a prophet like Micah that it's going to get better just because he's speaking God's word. Mm -hmm. Take a hold of that thought for a minute. How does that apply to us when we believe that we can only feel better if God is pleased with our words? He may be very, God may be very pleased with us. 
and yet we're still hurting, and yet we're still under some form of danger. Mark, um, let's do um, verses 8 and 9, because there are two places I want to emphasize in those. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Okay. Was that it? That's eight. Verse nine. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. There are um, several key thoughts in those verses as we pull them out. Um, I'm going to ask you one more time to read verse 8, Mark. Yeah. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light to me. Look at the, um, the literary tense of those verbs. When, and the whole verse, when I fall, I shall rise. That's speaking of promise. Uh, there's no indication of, well, I could rise or I um, can rise if the Lord is pleased enough with me. He says, I shall rise. And again, there's no indication of timing. Um, we don't know exactly, at least Micah didn't, exactly how long he was going to be going through these issues. Yeah. But he's showing an understanding of God's character that we can, in 21st century Christians, we can grasp just as he did. Read verse 9 again, would you? I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. If you or I are discouraged because we know we've blown it during the years of our Christian walk, we've probably blown it many, many, many more times than we even realize. <laughs> um, and we're probably blowing it now in some ways. And yet, what Micah is saying is, my status before you, Lord, is based on your sovereignty over my life, your connection with my life, your accepting me into your family. And my connection with you is based on you. It's based on your grace. It's based on your promises. And so even when I have sinned against you and I know you're displeased, you're going to take care of that. And last part of verse 9 about the pleading my case, Mark. Yeah. Until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me, he will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. The New Testament tells us in many different ways that there is one who pleads our case before yeah. the Lord. Amen. And who is that, Mark? That's our Savior. Absolutely. And what the prophet here is saying is that it is in God's nature 
to want to forgive, to want to um, restore um, if we come to him. But we don't come to him just by ourselves. We come to him in the name of Jesus, who is, we're told in the Bible that he's forever interceding before the Father for the saints. And um, if I want to apply that to depression, what I can I can feel good about is that Micah, whom I never know or never knew, uh, and many others like him, we're going through the same things that we're going through. Maybe different shadings of it, maybe different fear, frustration, whatever. Um, and yet, just like we do. These people failed from time to time. And what we're seeing here is a, uh, um, a messianic message there in verse 9 that there is one who will plead our case. Mm -hmm. Amen. I shall look upon his vindication. Vindication. The Lord will be a light to me. Mm -hmm. I think we've got time to sneak in uh, one more passage. How about we go to Romans eight twenty six? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as for, uh, as we ought, or what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Yeah, this um, scripture is a is a gem. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> All scripture is a gem, but this one in particular is, is, is in that category of giving us assurance that God's work in our lives, God's relationship with us is beyond our own ability to please him. Um, it reminds me of uh, in, in Philippians, um, we're told that the Spirit works in us to will and to do God's will, mm -hmm. which means, and what we're told here in Romans is that if we go to the Lord, he's going to help us figure it out, and he's also going to intercede with us before Jesus and before the Father, because the Holy Spirit is the um, Spirit of the resurrected Christ, mm -hmm. and the power that we have in Christ. Um, so where does that leave us with regard to depression? Again, depression puts us in a place where we feel hopeless, helpless. We feel dirty. We feel worthless. We feel like a failure. And what we're told here is when that happens, rest in the Lord, lean into the Lord, place yourself before him with nothing more to say other than your scriptures tell us, Lord, that you intercede for us, that your eye is on the sparrow, and that your heart is to heal us and restore us on your own terms, in your own time, but you even offer us your own character, your own being, the Holy Spirit, to uh, to pray for us. Um, because when you're depressed, you know, you don't know what to pray. Mm. You've probably already prayed, please help me, hundreds and more times. Um, but what we're told here is 
just like with the tears that were in Micah, those prayers, as incomplete and awkward as they were, have not gone unheard, and they won't. Scripture is so soothing in these moments because we realize, too, that the momentary trials we go through, even though they don't seem like that, they feel so much longer. They're, they're only as long as this lifetime, and, and we're part of, we're new creatures and new citizens of a new kingdom, and there is joy that awaits us. I want to um, direct us as we close here to a, uh, a resource. Um, as I was preparing for this um, podcast, um, I did a lot of YouTube study on pastors and depression and Christians and depression. And um, most of us are familiar with Pastor John Piper from uh, mm-hmm. St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, he has a lot of a lot of postings on YouTube. Uh, some of their, some of them are his sermons on depression, um, or a couple of those. Um, but also, he has a podcast of his own called "Ask Pastor John." It's under the um, heading of "Desiring God," which is the uh, location for his stuff on YouTube. Um, so I, I picked out some of those and listened to them, and there's one in particular that um, I thought put this whole idea of Scripture, trusting in the Lord, together. Um, All of them were good, by the way, but this one in particular. I was thinking of kind of plagiarizing him by using some of his Scriptures, and then I realized, no, first of all, I can't say it nearly as well as he can, and secondly, hearing it directly is going to be more helpful. So let me give you the YouTube location. The title of this one um, is What Hope Does God Offer in My Depression? Be careful that you look for that particular one because you're going to see several others of his. But this one I like especially. It's uh, What Hope Does God Offer in My Depression? Thank you for that resource. And John Piper does some great work, and we trust that this and the other episodes, as well as uh, the work of John Piper and others, is helpful to you in this, and that you find your strength in the Lord in this time.